Well, hello, Tyndale University. It's a privilege to be with you today. My name is Steve Shaw. I am the discipleship pastor at Cornerstone Christian Community Church in Markham, uh, where I've been serving since 1997. That's when I graduated from Tyndale's MDiv program in the pastoral studies track. Uh, since then, I've completed a DMIN in leadership and spiritual formation at Trinity Western University. And I'm excited to now be re-enrolled at Tyndale in the Certified Spiritual Director program. On top of that, my eldest son will be starting his undergrad at Tyndale this fall. So right now in my family, everything's coming up Tyndale. At this time, I'd like to share with you an adaptation of a message I recently did for our church's current series in the Bible's famous love chapter, 1 Corinthians 13. The title of this message is Patience in a pandemic. Now, we live in an impatient world. I guess that's kind of stating the obvious. Some of you will be old enough to remember the days when you could rent a DVD and they would mail it to your house. That's actually how Netflix got started. At the time, people thought this was great. I mean, you didn't have to make a trip to Blockbuster anymore to rent a movie. Maybe some of you who are younger are listening to this and wondering, What's Blockbuster? Of course, now, getting movies is pretty much instant. One click, and you're watching. Recently, a study was done of 6.7 million users who stream movies. Now, how long do you think the average user was willing to be patient for the movie to start streaming? The answer? Two seconds. Two seconds, and the movie had to be playing. Otherwise, see you later. The study showed that if it took as long as five seconds for the video to start, 25% of the viewing audience would drop off. Ten seconds, and you'd lose half your audience. Buffering? Who has patience for that? People are gone instantly. So today we're going to talk about patience, something our fast-changing world isn't very good at, and that probably includes many of us as well. It often includes me. In verses 4 to 7 of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the Apostle Paul breaks down what authentic Christ-like agape love looks like, as well as what it does not look like. What's the phrase we find at the very top of Paul's list? Love is patient. We'll unpack what that phrase means for you and me in just a few moments, but first, some context. As most of you will know, 1 Corinthians 13 is the center, the heart of three chapters of teaching from Paul about spiritual gifts and church unity. Paul makes it very clear that all spiritual gifts are good and desirable so long as we're using them in love. But if we're not using our gifts for God's glory in a spirit of Jesus-like agape that lays down its life to serve and bless others, if, for example, we're using our gifts to gain attention or a reputation for ourselves or any other self-serving purpose, then our ministry efforts become altogether worthless. You can do the good thing, the inspiring thing, the sacrificial thing, even the supernatural or miraculous thing, says Paul. But if it's not done in Christ-like love, it all amounts to a whole lot of nothing. And this is true of more than just how we use our spiritual gifts. Uh, for example, in some churches, uh, 
in trying to assess how they're doing, people ask questions like, how's our attendance? How are our finances and programs? Have we moved into a new building? Do we have enough volunteers? And now with the lockdown, many churches are adding the question, how is our online ministry? Now, don't get me wrong. Those questions certainly have their place. They can be very important questions. But if in doing all those things, we miss love, then they mean nothing. So Paul's message in verses 1 to 3 of 1 Corinthians 13 is that life minus love equals zero. If we don't get love right, there's really nothing else worth getting right. The ultimate criteria for assessing how we're doing as a church and how you're doing personally as a follower of Jesus is love. As disciples of Jesus, the very center, the core of our calling is to let the agape of Jesus fill us, transform us, and flow through us to bless God and others. So in verses 4 to 7 of 1 Corinthians 13, Paul gives us this list of specific signs to look for in order to assess the degree to which we are walking in love. And the very first thing Paul tells us, as we've said, is that if you're walking in love, you are going to become an increasingly patient person because love is patient. In the time that remains, I'd like to explore three biblical um, aspects of, of patience, three aspects of biblical patience. First, let's talk about the meaning of patience. In our passage, the original Greek word for patience literally means long-suffering. To be patient is to endure suffering and adversity with hope and stamina. Now, this pandemic is certainly a period of suffering and adversity, isn't it? For some, much more so than others. Still, this season of adversity affects us all. It, it's been weeks already, and it doesn't look like it's going to be over anytime soon. Even when the restrictions start to be lifted, the process is going to be very gradual and rightly so, because lives are at stake, and therefore love calls us to be patient, to embrace long-suffering for the sake of others. Canadian crooner Michael Bublé recognized this when he and other Canadian musicians performed a special song for the Stronger Together broadcast, a fundraiser for Food Bank Canada. The name of the song? Gotta Be Patient. Biblically speaking, the idea of patience has to do with remaining emotionally calm and restrained in the face of things like injustice, inconvenience, and irritation. You may not have faced injustice during this pandemic, but how many ways have you been inconvenienced by the shutdown? And how many times have you found yourself irritated by something or more likely by someone over these weeks of isolation? God desires to use our current circumstances as material to help us grow in patience if we'll let him. Because to become more patient in the face of adversity, inconvenience, and irritation is to become more like God himself. You see, there's no one more patient than God is. I mean, just think of how patient God has been with you throughout your lifetime. Think of how patient God has been with you just this past week or even this morning. Of course, God not only bears with our own sins and shortcomings, he bears with the sin and brokenness of the entire world. 
Have you ever wondered why Jesus doesn't just return to earth right now, clean house, and put an end to all human wickedness? The answer is that the Lord is patient. The Bible says in Second Peter chapter 3, verses 8 to 9, and I'll read from the New Living Translation, But you must not forget this one thing, dear friends. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is like a day. The Lord isn't really being slow about keeping his promise, as some people think. He's referring to his promise to return and judge the wrong and set the whole world right once and for all. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. That's why Christ waits to return as long as he does. Because God loves people and wants to give everyone every possible opportunity to repent to return to God and to receive his forgiveness and new life through Jesus. So God is long-suffering. He is patient. Why? Because God is love. Which again is why God works so patiently with you and me. He loves us. And because God is patient with us, he calls us to be patient with others. Because you know what? God loves them too. As Christians, our job is to simply give away what we receive from God. We receive God's love, and we share his love with others. We receive God's patience, and we share his patience with others. But that's not always so easy, is it? We've talked about what patience means. Now let's have an honest talk about the problem of impatience. Think of a time when you were impatient with someone. Try to get a picture of that in your mind's eye. Now, what was going on in your mind when you got impatient with that person? I think it's pretty safe to say that you were not thinking, you know, Jesus loves this precious, precious person so much, and therefore, so must I. You weren't thinking that at all. Instead, what you were thinking, maybe not in so many words, but your attitude was probably something like, How dare this person not cooperate with my agenda? This person is failing to meet my expectations. Just who do they think they are? You see, impatience always curves in on self. It stems from believing that everything and everyone should revolve around me and my agenda. My frustration about the gap between my expectations and reality is called impatience. Come on! You're supposed to do it my way, at my speed, how I want it, when I want it. There's a personality typing system called the Enneagram, which I'm sure many of you are familiar with. I'm an Enneagram type 3, which means, among other things, I like to get stuff done. Accomplishing things comes pretty naturally to my personality type, And when that's working in a healthy way, it can be a very good thing. But when I let that curve in too much on myself, I can become impatient with people or circumstances that prevent or hinder me from accomplishing what I've set out to accomplish. I can also become impatient with others who struggle to accomplish their goals. Come on, what's so hard about just getting yourself organized and doing what you're supposed to do? Now, I can be pretty patient with others in areas that I also struggle with myself. But when I impatiently judge others out of my strengths, 
I am no longer walking in love. Furthermore, it's easy to be patient when something means a lot to me. I'm kind of a U.S. history buff, and last year on the way back from a trip to Washington, D.C., my family stopped at Gettysburg, the great Civil War park. It was awesome. And I took my sweet time going through that museum, patiently waiting in line so I could get up to read every little placard. And my dear family waited for me, patiently for the most part. Shopping, on the other hand, that doesn't mean nearly as much to me. My main goal in shopping is to go into the store, get what I need, and get the heck out as soon as possible. Who's with me on that? My wife Jan, on the other hand, she enjoys window shopping, which I guess is good in a way because at least it means she can enjoy shopping without spending all that much money. But sometimes I go window shopping with her, and when I do, how good do you think I am at being patient? Not always so good, because I'm thinking to myself, why are we spending time looking at stuff we're never even going to buy? So I'll be like, honey, uh, take all the time you want to look around, but do you mind if I sneak over to the food court and grab a coffee, read a book on my Kindle? You see, impatience always curves in on you and your self-centered biases. Patience, on the other hand, is a matter of giving people space to be unlike you. Let me say that again. Patience is a matter of giving people space to be unlike you, which is what makes it such a beautiful expression of selfless, unconditional agape. Impatience is no small problem because not only does it harm others, to fail to grow in non-judgmental, Christ-like patience toward others amounts to showing contempt for all the patience God has shown toward you. I know that's a hard statement, but it's true. Listen to what the Bible says in Romans 2.4. I'll read from the New Living Translation. Don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? That should motivate us to grow in patience. The question is, how can we do that? Let me wrap up by sharing with you a couple of practices for growing in patience. Now, almost no one can just walk out their front door and run a marathon at will. But many people do successfully run marathons by training. You can't grow in biblical patience by just trying really, really hard to be patient. No more than you can complete a marathon by just going out your front door and trying really hard. And listen, to suppress your anger and bottle it up inside is not the same thing as patience. Patience is not about denying your anger or stuffing it. I mean, you may even have some measure of success in being able to fake patience, but that doesn't make you a patient person. God isn't calling us to be actors. God is calling us to be the kind of people who are actually patient from the inside out. So growth in patience is more about training than trying. That's a super helpful spiritual formation concept that comes from Dallas Willard. Training versus trying. Let me share with you two training methods for growing in patience. The first and foremost 
is prayer. Maybe that sounds almost too obvious, but you'll never grow in patience apart from prayer. Henry Nouwen explains in his excellent book, Compassion, that patience is very closely connected with prayer. As the Bible says in Romans 12, 12, I'll read from the NIV, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Pray for patience, yes, but far more than that, deepen your prayer life, period. Why? Because prayer is how you live into the fact that God is the source of your life, the source of your significance. Prayer is how you live into God's agape for you so that all of your heart's deepest needs get met through your relationship with Jesus Christ. The more you relate to God through prayer, the more your life starts to orbit around Him. He becomes your center, and the less apt you're going to be to expect that everyone and everyone else should orbit around your agenda and expectations, which, as we've seen, can be so biased, so curved in on self. So make space every day for prayer. In the process, pray for others too, especially those you tend to get impatient with. As Dietrich Bonhoeffer explains, to pray for others is to give them the same right we have received, namely, to stand before Christ and share in his mercy. Who are the people who are most often the victims of our impatience? Isn't it the people we live and work closely with? For many of this, uh, for many of us, this dynamic is amplified all the more during these days of lockdown. If you're cooped up with others during this historical time, it's so important to be praying for them. As you do, God will make you more patient with them, and you're going to grow in love. A second practice for growing in patience is visualization. Prayerful, Holy Spirit-guided visualization. Our imaginations have a remarkably powerful impact on our lives. All too often, what we do is we allow our imaginations to go down sinful paths. We entertain dark fantasies of lust, revenge, greed, pride. And this can really mess up our minds and set back our growth as followers of Jesus. But what if? prayerfully and with the Holy Spirit's guidance, we actively engage our imaginations to see ourselves living and responding to others in Christ-like love. It can be a powerful practice that God uses to change how you actually respond to others in real life. New Testament scholar N.T. Wright explains as follows. We ask for grace to envisage, to envisage situations where we could behave differently. Then, when we're faced with the relevant situation, we will at least have a choice which we have already thought about instead of behaving as creatures of habit. In time, loving responses can be ingrained in the way we habitually behave. Picture those in your life that you have trouble being patient with. See their faces in your mind's eye. Imagine a situation in which you might be impatient with them and see yourself responding to them with Christ-like restraint, gentleness, and grace. Maybe you even want to envision Jesus standing behind the person. 
See yourself being patient in various scenarios like this. Make your visualizations vivid. And you may just refine yourself find yourself uh, responding more patiently to others in the realities of everyday life during a pandemic. We often let our imaginations become an ally of sin. Why not make them an ally of our growth in loving patience? Because love is patient and life minus love equals zero. God bless you as you engage this week in practices that foster patience, even and especially in the midst of this pandemic.